Good evening, Sportzonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Coming to you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 radio and podcasting network i finally got the name right and we got a good show for you tonight we thank you everybody who's going to be listening to this and of course we are recorded live but we will be rebroadcast and redistributed on all our various podcasting outlets so thank you for listening to us whether you're listening to us via google podcast or apple podcast spotify stitcher tune in we thank you all for joining us and we got well let's be honest we don't really have a lot in terms of the sports world to talk about because we are still in the stance that we've been in for the last couple of weeks. But we're going to have a good show tonight anyway. We're going to be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. And one way or another, we're going to have some things to talk about. And with that, I welcome Dave Hastings to the program. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Mike. I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm hanging in. So, we, <laughs> I was saying before you came on, we don't exactly have a lot of things to talk about, but there were a couple of stories that have kind of come out in the last week that I wanted to at least bring up, and then maybe we can go into a few different things here and there, things we don't normally talk about. The one story that came out earlier today, we had talked about this a few weeks ago, but it looks like it's official. The NFL owners have voted to approve the expanded playoff format, and it looks like that is going to begin this year. So we're going to have seven teams per conference. They're going to be three wild card teams as opposed to two. And in this format, only one team will get the bye week per conference. It'll be the number one seed in each conference getting the bye, uh, the bye week. The number two seed in each conference plays the seven seed and so on and so forth. And I'm going to bring Eric Tressler to the party tonight. Eric, how you doing? Eric, are you there? Doing good, Mike. Doing good. How are you yeah. doing? All right. Uh, so we were just starting to get into it. Uh, like I said, not too many stories that really broke sports-wise, but we're going to talk about the fact that the owners ratified the expanded playoff format that we talked about a few weeks ago. I had mentioned them then. I'm not crazy about any expanded uh, playoff formats to the sports leagues. Doesn't matter if it's baseball or football. I, th I think I'm a little more okay with it in football simply because by expanding the wild card teams, it does seem like the likelihood of an under 500 team making it as a wild card definitely seems a lot less likely than what we've had in the past with teams that are under 500 making it as a division winner. At least it always seems like there are more teams above 500 that miss the playoffs from the wild card as opposed to the division races. But I want you guys' thoughts on this real quick. Dave, I will start with you. Honestly, I thought the NFL playoffs were perfect how they were. Um, I really did not think a change needed to be made. Um, but with all that said, I mean, let's be honest, as hell, as a Cowboys fan, you know how many extra years Dallas would have made it in the playoffs as an eight and eight team. Um, so, you know, that would have probably added at least two or three more playoff appearances, but at the same time, those teams didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. So it's like, 
you could say that about any team in the league. And I think that's kind of what really I always liked about the NFL playoffs is that you really had, you had to be one of the basically top third uh, of the league to make the playoffs where every other league it's basically be in the top half or not even the top half, a little less, a little more, less than the top half. Like uh, it, it's, it's disappointing, but at the same time, look, it's football. I'm still going to watch it. And when it's all said and done, it means it's more football instead of less football. But I'm at least glad they only they got rid of one of the teams getting a bye week, and now it's only one team. I mean, I think that's, that's a nice concession. But all in all, I'm not a big fan of it. But like I said, 10 years from now, I probably, I'll probably just be like, oh, you remember when it used to just be six and six? And mm-hmm. You know, not even thinking about it anymore. But for right now, yeah, it's a little weird. And I don't know how big of a fan I'm going to be of it. But I'll probably end up moving on pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with a lot lot of what you said there. Eric, what do you think? I'm a broken record on this subject, guys. I think you know me by now. The NFL, what's the most important thing to making that money? What's going to make them money? An extra playoff game. Extra teams in the playoffs, extra two teams. That extra game fills up two extra stadiums that weekend. Extra playoff game the owners can sell. They just conceded it on, oh, well, if I'm not mistaken, with this 17-game regular season, it's a three-week um yeah, but I don't know if the seventeen. Right, yeah, uh, I don't know if the 17 games is going to start this year, though. I think we're still no. They year. start next year. Right. Next right. year. Next yeah. year. Either way, though, still, it's it's just a way to get more. More. What does the NFL want to give you? More. They want to jam it down your throat as much as they can. They are never happy. They always want more. When they were a $9 billion company, Roger Goodell said that he was going to make them a $27 billion company. That's their motivation. That's all they care about. I'm iffy on it. I could care less about it. I don't think it's going to make a a great big difference either way. I mean, sure, it'll be a nice story for the first seven seed that wins the title. But, I mean, till then, eh. Nice. Just more more the NFL can sell. Yeah, but, I mean, if it was up to you, I'm guessing you would not do this, though, right? Listen, if you're a league that is for the last 10 years. Yeah, but I'm asking, preach, I'm asking preach, you. I'm asking preach you, though. player safety. I'm just saying, if you are trying to I got you, I got preach you. Player, player safety, you're not adding an extra regular season game and adding a playoff game. You're not adding those extra elements where guys can get hurt and everything else. All those extra physical contacts, unnecessary. Can't tell me it's about their health. You don't give a damn about these players' health. This is a stupid CBA they signed. The, the, the this crop of players going to have to live with it. It barely passed. Um, yeah, I, I listen. The NFL is just—they're out to make as much as they can, and it's just you know another way they can do. What do you think about? And I'm, I'm going to switch the subject here, right here, uh, for a second here, because I think we're all in agreement on this one. Um, and Eric, I totally agree with the points you make. What do you guys think of? Uh, I heard read a story on ESPN that apparent, er, apparently Eric Reed is giving the CBA to his attorney because apparently there's a belief that the NFL snuck some uh, different language into the ratified agreement that wasn't in the agreements that went around to all the players. What do you guys think about that? Eric, I'll start with you. 
They're greed, man. I, I, I just you see, he, if I'm not mistaken, he, he's the one that's been backing Kaepernick and pretty yes. anti NFL, even though he's still playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, yes. I, I don't know. I, I need to hear some more traction. I need to hear some more people saying the same thing. I haven't heard that yet. Maybe it comes out now. Maybe he's the whistleblower to it. Who knows? But I, I gotta, I gotta hear it from other sources first before I'm, I'm going with what Eric Reed's saying. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised myself, but I'm kind of with you on that one. Dave, what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, look, if it's true, I mean, that's a hell of a PR mess for the NFL. But then again, they're, they're the NFL, and people will move on pretty quickly anyway. It's not going to kill the league. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the the players as a whole already got shafted. They might as well, you know, sign something that didn't have all the words in it before when they did get it in front of them because – I don't think half of them even read the damn thing. They got told the things that would impact them right away immediately. And that's what they cared about. And they said yes or no based off of that. Um, And and that's why I think it got ratified. And that's the disappointing part or the 500 guys that didn't vote. But when it's all said and done, like I I do have to agree. I'm not just going to take Eric Reed's word. Um, You know, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder against the league. And if it was up to him, he, he would not play for them if there was another option out there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys on that one. And let's not forget, Eric Reed was the one in the Colin Kaepernick lawsuit. Um, I believe it was collusion against the league. He was the other player in that. And I think he, I can't remember. I want to say he settled first on that one, but I don't think that's 100% accurate. He was in that lawsuit. So the other NFL story I wanted to bring up here, and this was from about a week ago, but I want to at least say this here. So as of right now, the NFL draft is still scheduled to be the weekend of April 23rd to the 25th. Now, obviously, it's going to be a lot different than the NFL draft that we're all accustomed to. And the extent that the general managers have to go in terms of meeting with the players is obviously going to be totally different than it would be in a, in a normal year. Um, I, I'm kind of torn on this one, and I'm interested in your thoughts as to whether or not you think it's a right move to keep the draft rather, rather than postponing it. And I'm going to start off with you guys. I'm going to give my opinion after that. Dave, what do you think? I think that you keep it as is. I don't see any reason to postpone it. With all the different levels of technology that you have to be able to talk to people and see people face-to-face and interact with people and do things like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see the big deal. I get it. They're used to a certain way of doing things. They're used to a certain way of things working out. But it's all said and done. you got to adapt with the times and adapt with, you know, utilize what you have in front of you. And there's plenty of technology for these guys to be able to still do their job and do it the right way. And I really – I don't think there's any reason to postpone the draft. I think you do it as is and just these guys have to accept to be be comfortable being uncomfortable. Eric, what do you say? If I'm not mistaken, at the end of last week, I believe I mentioned that nothing stops the shield and they were keeping the draft as is. Um, But, yeah, that's just because nothing stops the shield. The NFL keeps turning. They want your money. They want your eyes. They know you're going to be home watching TV. The draft is mostly people at home watching it on TV. They don't really need the 10,000 people that they – jam in somewhere to to cheer on the the people as they get to the podium 
You do it all via cell phone now. You can do it all via video conference and this and that through, I mean, a million different platforms. You do not have to be in the same building to get drafted any longer. Sure, it's nice, but you could e-sign those docs now, and the NFL only cares about one thing, making money, and they want that money. They want those eyes because they know everybody's going to be home. So it'll probably be one of the highest-rated television drafts we've ever seen just because you're going to have more people home probably than ever before. So here's my take on it because on the one hand, Eric, I agree with you. Um, You don't need to have the big spectacle in terms of live attendance to have a draft. I agree with you on that part. And part of me actually applauds the NFL for keeping with this in this time that we're in right now. But then there's the other part of me. Dave, you had mentioned, you know, teams are used to their processes and everything, and you could do things by technology now. I kind of side with the general managers a little bit on this because I think you get more from in-person interactions with a player that you're introducing into your locker room, into your culture, uh, a player who the, the scouts need to be able to evaluate, uh, a player who the head coaches need to know if they can be compatible with. And I just think you get more of that from in-person interactions than you do from a Skype call or a phone call or a conference call or whatever it is. And I'm not saying I'm against the idea of them still having the draft. I just, I'm, I, that kind of gives me a little cause for concern because you have to wonder what is going to happen when all this stops and they get in there and you can't do medical exams right now. So you can't check to see if there's any lingering injuries or anything like that, any health concerns. And I, again, You've seen so many players drop in terms of the draft stock. And when the GMs were interviewed, why the in-person interviews played a part of it. I believe we saw that with the guy the, draft, the, the Jets took in the third round last year. He was projected to be a first-round draft pick. And then the interviews happened, and he dropped in the draft. So I just think there's things like that that kind of give me some red flags and make me wonder if it's going to wind up being a good thing for the teams in the long run. But that's not saying I'm totally against the idea of them doing it, though. That just gives me a little cause for concern. You guys can reply to that. Uh, Dave, go ahead. I mean, I see your point in the cause for concern, but when it's really all said and done to me, I really think, again, you need to know – you've been watching and studying these guys for two, three, maybe even four years already. Like, when it all comes down to football, like, you're watching the, the tape. Like, that, that's where the truth is. That's where the lies are. It's in the tape. You watch the tape. You, get, you can talk on the phone with coaches and other, your scouts that have gone to all their games this past year and the year before that. And you can still basically do everything. The only thing that I will 100% agree with you on, though, is just you get a better feel for a human being when you're yes. in person. Yes. There is something about people's body language and how they present themselves to you that does give you – uh, that kind of comfort, trust feeling with them or discomfort and non-trust. So I will agree with that. Other than that, though, I'm sorry. None of this stuff can't be done. And when, when it's all said and done, these guys, even these GMs, could care less about your personality and care. More. they just care about what can you do on the football field? Can you help us win games and help us put asses in the seats? Hmm. Well, I agree with you from the general manager's perspective. I agree with you on that one. Uh, Eric, what do you say? 
I I don't know. I I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I I think that they have all the technology they need to make the decisions they need to make. And and the one point you guys keep bringing up of well, you know, you you got to get a feel for how they are. You know, to, are they going to be a part of your culture? Are they the right fit? You cannot tell me this for the first round guys, especially, and I mean, really for probably the first two rounds, every one of those guys has been met with those NFL teams or those NFL scouts at some point. Like if if you've been scouting, if your scouting team is good enough, I'm sure you've had a conversation. I I don't know. I, I think you've had enough time to scout. You've had enough time to talk to the coaches. You've seen them in interviews. You've probably seen them at award shows and everything else. You, you, you could see how they conduct themselves. You don't need to necessarily sit down and have that handshake. You can do it via teleconference now if you had to. You can do it other ways, especially with the kids nowadays. Do you think each one of them wants to get on a plane and fly somewhere if they could just teleconference you from home? Their kitchen? No, they, they, they're going to want to do something different. They're, they're not doing those things anymore. So I don't think it's as big a deal. I really don't. I, I I think there's other ways that they can meet. I, I don't I, – I, there's no reason to – I think that's a lame excuse. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. The, the lame excuse – I get what you're saying in terms of if the teams have been scouting them, people have seen them, but you're talking about lower-level employees. I don't think you're necessarily talking about the head coaches because the head coaches – this You're telling what, me the head coach doesn't have a phone that he can get that he can FaceTime with? I'm talking about in-person stuff. FaceTiming, I mean, come on. Half these head coaches didn't even know what that was two years ago. Let's be honest here. That's a lie. And in a normal bullshit. year, you're right. They would have met them at least once. This ain't a normal year, though. The time that they the normally would they know what technology the time is. that they normally would be meeting, the time that they'd normally be meeting with them would be this time. Would be the last month that this whole thing. You is don't going think on. that the head coaches in the league and the GMs in the league have been on the phone and contacting. The people in the draft over the last month. So you're telling me all the import person interviews were basically pointless that have happened over the number of years that all this stuff has been going on. I, I don't agree with that. They're There's a reason all, why these things are in place. They're all ego drips. They're all oh, nonsense. They're unnecessary. I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. If anything, they're I replaceable. Think, more importantly, they're replaceable and doable through Skype and other messaging systems. That, they like, are replaceable. Yes, I agree with you on that one. But say a guy takes, say a team takes a guy in the first round, and then he gets him in the locker room after all this stuff ends, and for some reason there's a personality clash, and you do, for whatever reason you don't feel like you got what you paid for here, and then you got to waste the first round draft pick. We've seen it happen over the years. That sets it happens the all the time still when they meet with and them. And you don't think the fact that this is going on now could wind up increasing that when we see more no. first-round picks get cut this year than ever before? I think the same teams are going to make the same dumb moves. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that has nothing to do with the draft, though. They're the Cleveland Browns. To be honest, no, I get, but no, I get what Eric's trying to say, though. <laughs> Teams are still going to take guys that they probably shouldn't take and reach for guys they shouldn't reach for and try to wait on guys they shouldn't wait for and the whole nine yards. 
All right, fair enough. All right, well, that's basically it in terms of the sports world that I had here. So I'll let you, I'll kind of open the floor up a little bit. And I really, there were two things I did not want to talk about tonight. And that is, I don't want to put a name to everything that is going on. That's why I've been vague with it. Y'all know what the other thing is. So I'm curious to see who opens that door first. Dave, I'm starting with you. Yeah, Mike, yo, I'm like three and a half episodes in, man. You, you got to get on this. This you, fucking you Tiger King. I swear to God. My mother is in the chat room here. Everybody say hi to mom. Mom, how you doing there? Hey, um, mom. Hi. Yeah. Um, there's no way I'm watching this fucking thing. Uh, now it's just because the entire rest of the world is watching it that I'm just like, no. Everything I've seen. Do it. Mike. Do it. <laughs> everything. It's, it's fascinating, dude. It's, it's a Air weird... Pressure. Wild journey. It has nothing to do with peer pressure. It is just, I, 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 it's, it's some of the weirdest TV you're gonna watch, and that's what makes it interesting. You're not gonna find something more interesting than this. This is like Maury Povich and Jerry Springer had a meth baby. Uh, uh, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest like drama nonsense. But, like, you don't even, like, honestly, it's like a pocket universe. You don't even think that these people live in the same world that you live in. And I don't care what anybody said. Carol Baskins killed her husband. I'll say it. I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. Yes. I, I do I'm watching, know. That's the episode I'm on now, Eric. That's the one I'm on now. Well, I, I'm sure you want to say spoiler, but if you look at the internet, the spoilers are all over the place anyway. Nah, there's no, one. I... Go ahead. Mike, I'm just saying he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I think the best thing he just said to describe this is like, I'm watching this, and the hardest thing for me to accept is the fact that there are actually people that live in our country, like not even in the world, in our country, like and thrive away from us. That are like this is real. Like this is insane. Like it is crazy, and it's this whole little home world that you like you just had no idea even existed. And I'm fine not knowing existed. I'd rather watch cats. Because at least that'll be at least that'll be over in two hours. I swear to God. Now I watched one documentary last week. Actually, I watched a couple of them. You guys heard of uh, Dark Side of the Ring? This documentary series that is on uh, the Vice Network. It's about all these stories in the history of pro wrestling. They did the Chris Benoit story last week. Anybody, anybody this? Uh, I have not, uh, but I also don't have cable, so I'm strictly stuck to streaming services. Hey, Sling TV, man. Sling TV. That's how I watched it. That's still a subscription. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, but if you guys ever get a chance, they do really good documentary pieces. They Their first season was last year. They're in the second season right now. I think they're doing one on the Owen Hart death. They, uh, last year, they did one on the Montreal Screwjob. They did one on Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. I saw that one. That was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Benoit, if you get, Dave, you, you know about the Chris Benoit story, right? Yeah, we've talked about it a couple times on here. Okay, I remember talking about it with Macri. I don't remember talking about it otherwise, but I'm sure we did. But, uh, yeah, now pretty brutal stuff, but very well done documentary. I will say that, and uh, Eric, just you know, my mother in the chat room. Carol killed her husband and fed him to the tigers. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. She even tells you how she did it. You, you know what I mean? It's it's weird, wild stuff. You get it's 
Mike, I'm telling you, just for pure entertainment, to watch it. <laughs> like, to just give it a chance. All because I know. All I you know. Can't, once you start, you can't stop. It's just, a, it's, a, it's like watching a train wreck. You can't turn away. You just, you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it, it, I, I don't know. And, and it's, it's, it's really hard to even describe some of the aspects of this show. <laughs> There's just so much that happens. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. To me, it almost seems like it had to have been scripted. Like years from now, we're gonna find out about this Tiger King script because it is. It's 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 not even a believable tale. Now my mother is backtracking here because she says she stopped before the, the the series ended, but now she's saying sickest show I've ever seen, and I couldn't stop watching it. I'm guessing that means she finished it. She know. had to because you can't stop. Like once once you start, you just kind of have to keep going with it. And believe it or not, oh, like wow. it is really well done. It's well like it's well made. Like you, you, they talk to a lot of different people. Like you don't just follow like the one cra- like crazy guy. There's a million crazy people in the show. Yeah, and I mean like it, it's it, 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 <laughs> like. I don't know. I, I, I would want you to see it. So maybe I'll give you till next week. We can do a Tiger Tiger King recap. Oh, my God. Get, get your mom's opinions and Dave's opinions because he's only halfway through. I think it would be a worthy show. I would even do be it, willing to come on. Uh, I'd even be willing to come on again later this week, either tomorrow, sometime later in the week. If you guys wanted to do, do a quick Tiger King recap, if you, Mike, were to, were to decide to watch it, I am just saying because – like there's that much to talk about. We could do I am, I thirty am, minutes easy on Tiger King without even breaking sweat. I'll let you know tomorrow late afternoon. Oh my god, I just I just can't. This is what we've come to. Fucking Tiger King. Listen, I I'll swear to God, what, no. It's here's the number all, one show in the country. You want to get some people listening to our show? You start posting some stuff that we're talking about Tiger King. You may get another person listening or two. You never know. There's <laughs> enough people out there that are just fascinated by she, this. She says, I told you when I got to episode five, I had to stop, but I kept going because I had to see how this ended. That's great. That's great. I'll tell you this, man. I never want to hear anybody because, like, everybody's got guilty movie pleasures or things that they like that they know nobody else is like. I swear to God, if anybody ever gives me shit for the fact that I like the Sister Act movies, I will punch you dead in the face. I swear to God. I can rock with you and Whoopi. That's the second Whoopi reference you've made today. Well, yeah, no, because I started with comic relief i was watching comic relief clips on youtube with her robin williams and billy crystal because i love those things if you guys get a chance some of them are really funny Whoopi goldberg is actually a very underrated stand-up comic and she has some very funny skits in there and the fact that I, the, the thing that blew my mind did you guys ever watch this like late 80s early 90s when this stuff was happening they would do these live benefits uh to feed the homeless every year every couple of years or so anybody watch this stuff when it happened no, I can't say I ever watched any of that stuff live. All right. So here's the deal. I didn't watch any of those, but I did watch the one that was on the other night. What one on the other night? There was uh they had some Delton John hosted some like concert oh. from home type thing. You yeah, know, this is this is a- and they had like some like food fundraiser thing that they were promoting and you know, she, for people mama- to donate. 
Yeah, my mother was telling me a little bit about that last night. Now, this is, I mean, same vein, but a little different because it's all stand-up comics. I was, I, I tell you this, like those things were on HBO, but you would think a benefit to hold the, uh, to, to feed the homeless wouldn't be as vulgar as it was. And it's Robin Williams. So, you know, he starts, he starts doing the thing where he makes his penis talk and everything. And they just go on to dick jokes for five minutes. And this was the introduction to the show. It was funny. Oh, Robin Williams. All right, rest in peace, Robin Williams. All right. Well, I want to. Well, actually, we're getting we're getting off Tiger King for a minute here. We're getting off Tiger King to spare everybody's fucking sanity. Eric, do you have anything else you'd like to bring up tonight? Um, sports wise, just anything in general. Not here. Dude, if we're going Tiger yeah, King, no. we're obviously not just sticking to sports at this point. So don't feel like it has to stick to sports. Um, I mean, on a side note, I just started watching The Mandalorian. Another show that oh, that I'm, was uh, good. They, yeah, I don't know if Dave, I know you got the streaming services. If you had a chance to check that one out, I'm just starting it. I'm only a couple into the first I, season, so. I did, get, I did get the chance. I actually watched the whole thing. Um, and I had to say, for somebody that's not the biggest Star Wars person, it's good. Uh, I thought I, I thought they did a really good job. I thought it was actually really good. I like. No, no, like I'm a, looking. I'm looking forward to it, the next mm-hmm. season. In a mm-hmm. in a vein of that, let me ask you guys. Just if I'm not mistaken, and Mike, you could probably back me up on this. John Favreau produced that first season, right? Yeah, I believe it was him and Dave Filoni, the guy who does all the animated series, Clone Wars, uh, Rebels. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm saying like. Seems like almost anything Favreau touches lately is like gold for like Marvel or Disney or Star Wars or anything else. Because he did the Jungle Book remake. Yeah. He did the Lion King remake. He's done this. And mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, he's had his hand in more than a few MCU movies. Well, he was he was the director of Iron Man too, but he's always kind of like you've seen him. He's in just about anything yeah. that Iron Man is in, so he winds up consulting on a lot of that. He's stuff. in Spider Man now. He's in almost everything Spider Man's in now. Yeah, and he was really good in that Spider Man Far From Home. I really liked him. In I'm that just one. saying, I don't know how you guys feel, but Favreau is kind of killing it. No, Favreau is very good, but I tell you this. I don't know about you guys, but my favorite John Favreau performance of all time, and I've never seen Swingers, which is him and Vince Vaughn, and he got a lot of notoriety for that. You guys ever see The Replacements? I know know I've brought this movie up before. That's one of my, that's that's an all-time great, in my opinion. I love that movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Danny Bateman. He was Danny Bateman, the guy, the linebacker who just went it's nuts. It's one of my it. favorite football movies, yeah. if not sports movies. I got to be honest. I love that movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. It's up there, like, in a different vein, but it's up there with Remember the Titans for me. That's one of my favorite football movies of all time. Yeah. Dave? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that movie. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, very simply put, he is – everything he really seems to be doing right now is uh, – succeeding to say the least yeah yeah and i'll tell you the mandalorian i don't know how you guys felt i don't want to give too much away because my mother has not seen this yet and she doesn't i've have only seen i'm only a couple in so you can't give anything too well far. i mean i tell you this the one big spoiler from the first episode that was online within 20 minutes of the goddamn thing dropping baby yoda yeah, yeah, Baby Yoda is awesome. No, Baby Yoda is fantastic. He's a great part of the show, even though that's not really his name. 
But um, Gina Carano, I don't know if you've gotten up to the episodes with Gina Carano in it. I'm not going to give it anything away. I'm just going to say she is really good in that show. I really liked her character in that show. Dave, I don't know what you say about that, but I really liked her. No, I thought the whole show was really good. I thought the actors did an amazing jobs with their characters. I thought there was, like, enough combination of storytelling and action mixed together. They didn't overdo either one so that you felt it was being pushed on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really, I just thought, I thought everything they did all around was – I thought they did a really good job. I was actually glad that I – didn't get into it as they were releasing it one episode at a time and just binge watched it once it was all done. So uh, I gotta gotta tell you, like I get that I was watching it kind of as they were coming out and um, like, I know we like binging, but there's, there's still something about seeing things one episode at a time where you get to digest things. And even though like there were a couple, there were a couple down episodes, but uh, I mean, one way or another, it was a great show. What'd you think of Billy Burr in episode six in there? Billy Burr is in one episode, the stand-up comic. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, no, I he was yeah. I don't want to do. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to ruin anything for Eric. But yeah, uh, he, his cameo was good. Yeah, I liked him in that. I liked him in that. You get yeah, what episode are you on, Eric? I'm on three. Oh okay. So, Karan, I'll tell you, I, this is all I'm going to say. Carano comes in in episode four. I really liked episode four. And Bill Burr's episode is episode six. And you got a Sons of Anarchy cameo in there, too. Did you see that, Dave? No, I can't say I remember that one. Bobby Munson. He was in episode six. Yeah, see, you know the episodes too well. Like I said, I binged it. So, it was one yeah. long show for me. Well, it was, the, <laughs> it was the same one that Bill Burr was in. Same one that okay. Bill Burr was in. So. I'm sure I'll end up watching it. It was good. Yep. Yep. All right. Dave, anything else you'd like to bring up tonight? Uh, I, uh, I mean, look, I, I miss being able to go out. So <laughs> I got to get my damn taxes done. I did my, I already spent the tax return. I got mine done in February. So I'm good there. But, um, I like here's the thing this is not a straight quarantine because you can still go outside and you can still go places they just don't want you to for obvious reasons if this was a quarantine the national guard would be on every street corner and the cops would be arresting you if you walked outside the house this isn't a real oh, I quarantine. Agree. i'm just saying i like going to a bar every now and then oh you know well that's fair or just socializing with more than like one other person <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you just got to get out every now and then. You got to do something. That's how you know Eric's wife's not in the room with him, that statement. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I see. I'll tell you this. Like, I get what you guys are saying. You guys have seen the memes on social media talking about uh, from the introvert's perspective, where stay, stay inside your homes, don't come out, and the introvert is always going, I've been doing that my entire life. I'm prepared for this. That's, that's more my thing. Like, I go out from time to time, but for the most part, I, you tell me, stay inside and just chill. All right, I'm good. I got YouTube. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, well, I won't disagree with that. I don't mind the stay inside and chill, but I like when, I get to, when it's my choice and only my choice. That's fair. 
me, yeah. me, I mean, I'm kind of of the mind. Okay, so wait a minute. You don't want me to go outside. You just want me to stay in part of my shell. I can follow that. That's the easiest direction I've ever had to follow. Yeah, I just need, <laughs> all you need is a beer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a mixed drink guy, but I got my, I got my mango uh, rum, so I'm good. There I'm you good. go. Yep. All right, I want to bring up one last thing real quick here because we don't talk a lot of pro wrestling on the show, and I'm not saying we're going to. Of all the sports that have been affected by this, and I know pro wrestling is not a sport, I'm not calling it it, but when you talk about the live crowd element to these things, I feel like pro wrestling needs a live crowd audience more than any other sporting activity there is. Have you guys watched any of these uh, wrestling shows done in empty arenas? No, I can't say I have. I saw some videos of it. It was really weird. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? I think it's weird. Um, I, I understand why they're doing it. It's something that could be done. Yeah. Um, I know where they're doing it. You know, they're keeping everybody. I guess everybody that they do have wrestling has been tested. I'm, I'm probably pretty sure of. Otherwise, they wouldn't be having, you know, a, I've, I've caught it here and there a little bit. So, it is. It's just weird. It's a weird, eerie feeling. Just being every day is just an eerie feeling. It's a, a weird, weird world climate we're living in right now. And um, I can't wait till we get back to some kind of normal, whatever that is. But this is just this is no way to go. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's interesting. I'll say this: like I've been watching more AEW than wwe when i do watch because i'm still not the biggest fan but i i t- i mentioned aew to get to you guys last year when it first started so i've kind of been following that um yeah it's it's the strangest thing in the world man because everything that pro wrestlers do when in the ring or at least on tv is designed for a live crowd so when they're doing the moves and everything and you, you always hear the stories wrestlers talking about you know, we had one plan going into the match, but the crowd went this way, so we adjusted in the ring. You have none of that now. And it's just insane to watch these things going on like that. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, it's Dave. definitely a change from the norm, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think it would be the same watching any sport, though, and not just wrestling, which, you know, listen, you got to be beyond athletic to be a wrestler, too. Those guys are in shape. Yeah. You know, but, you know, any sport, though, I couldn't imagine watching, like, an NBA game and nobody's in the stands. Nobody's there. Like, it would just be weird. I can't imagine that climate. I don't know how any sport could get back to that. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore with this. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's uh, Eric. I think I get because it it's just depressing. It's like yeah. it's weird. It, it makes you depressed because you realize what's going on, and it's just like it's almost like watching any sporting event with no crowd, and it. it's almost kind of like like a slap to the face. Like, yeah, here it is, what you wanted to watch, but it just doesn't have that same energy and feel to it. I'm sure the athletes feel the same way, whether it's wrestling or any other sport. Yeah, I the reason why I brought up the pro wrestling one was because I get what you guys are saying about it affecting any sport, but I feel like pro wrestling is the one where the ebb and flow can change so easily based on the crowd reaction. And I feel like the crowd reaction almost dictates a lot of the action and a lot of the things going on a lot of the time. 
but and I just I don't feel. Let me. Go ahead. Let me ask it to you this way, though. Mm-hmm. With like, say, a, a sport like basketball. Sure. You say that that like the energy and everything turns on a crowd and in, in wrestling that that like you can make in ring decisions or whatever. There's a big difference in a game and an ebb and flow and a pace and everything else when LeBron James throws down a windmill over somebody. Oh, I get and the crowd you. goes berserk mm-hmm. and they go on an 18 to two run. As opposed to him making that dunk, nobody's there, and he's going, ah, for nobody. No, I get you it, on it just, that. It sucks the wind out of everything, so then is he making that windmill dunk? And if not, is he pulling up, taking a shot that maybe he misses instead? Is It, it could change the course of a game not having a crowd there. And that's just basketball. It's going to get out of it for any sport. You know, they, crowds play a big factor in a lot of sports. It's... Yes, I mean, you can play the games. Yes, you can wrestle without them. But it's just not the same without them. Well, I I think that's what we're ended on there because, yes, it's not the same for any venue. I just pointed it out on that one. Cause like, like, and I get the points you're making entirely there. All right, so that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thank everybody for listening. Thank you for everybody on the podcasting outlets. We've got about a minute left here. Let's get some final thoughts. Dave Hastings. If you are looking for some change up with your entertainment, uh, Bleacher Report is on Twitch airing uh, famous games of Madden. So basically like top teams. So Indianapolis has Peyton Manning, Edron James, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, T.Y. Like it's the best of the best players from each team. And they're doing like simulated games for entertainment. And Bleacher Report is doing a NBA 2K tournament with all NBA stars seated based on overall rating in the game. So if you're looking for things to watch, you can check that out as well. Nice. Eric Tressler. KD's playing in that, I believe, too. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, he, has, yeah, the, he got... has the number one seed. Yep. All right, man. So, go until ahead. next night, stay sweaty. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I am Mike Aglielora. We will see you all next week.